0: From Relevant Magazine, it's the Relevant Podcast. We're crying out, honestly, this wild blood will set us all free. We're crying out, do you follow me? This wild blood will set us all free.
1: It's the week of Friday, March 9th, two thousand twelve. This is the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, here with me in our Orlando studios, the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, Our illustrious producer on the ones and twos, Chad Michael Snapely. Hello, friends. And late to the game, late to the recording, Hambo. We should fire him.
2: Fashionably late.
1: Fashionably late. Oh, what if this becomes his new thing that he saunters in? and sits down and and has a deep sigh deep sigh because I'm in the room so of course he would (laughs) Um, actually we I just ran out of a uh, a magazine kickoff meeting it's where the editorial marketing uh, sales and design teams all get together to talk about um, the next issue of relevance starting the design process and and since Hambones our managing editor, he kind of has to lead it. See, I was I, I was predicting that
2: he was just now leaving the Oscars.biz Biz after parties. <laughs> <laughs> like he's been going hard for a week, you know, <laughs> just in the afterglow of the w- award ceremony. He has been gloating a lot this last week. I about will say. his award. Yeah,
0: yeah, he had a
1: big win this year. He did. Well,
2: he, it, well, it was the biggest landslide if I if I remember it correctly.
1: That's true. It was like 80%. Yeah. yeah. What did it was category the best new nickname? The, the Yeah, si- the,
2: the situation. The he, situation Award. He
1: beat the unit. He right. Was. Heyo. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
2: not that kind of podcast, guys. <laughs> Sorry.
1: So uh, yeah, so he'll be joining us here momentarily. Uh, we have a, a very Interesting podcast lined up for you today. It's never good when you start it like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's you know we have a really good. Sometimes it's just good. This one is hesitant and
1: interesting. <laughs> uh, coming up later, we we look at uh, the new issue of Relevant, which came out uh, March first. The roots are on the cover. Uh, Ryan is the one who wrote the cover story. Spent time with them in New York, and it was just so. We'll talk through the new issue, tell you some behind the scenes stories of uh, how it came together. Uh, but then, uh, sh- should I say? Well, because you said interesting, there's I'd say
0: 75% yeah. of the people are kind of on the edge whether yeah. they're going to listen whether, to the yeah, rest of this or not. Their
1: finger's on the pause right. button right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The, we also have coming up our very own Adam Smith joins us. He comes back. <laughs> and uh, he and Jesse um, bring to life one of the articles in the new issue. One of the new issues, uh, one of the articles is called Highway to the Danger Zone and Jesse <laughs> imagines 80s mo- movie franchises that should be rebooted uh, whether with a sequel or with just a redo and and he gives a whole pitch a screenplay in the magazine for these different five or six different uh, movie ideas from the 80s.
2: It's a really hard-hitting piece of investigative journalism. <laughs> I like to think that it will it will challenge your beliefs and, you know, rethink a lot of things in your life. Like why did I just spend Ten minutes reading that. So,
1: I've been, you know, we've been writing a lot of marketing copy, announcing the new issue coming out and stuff. And we list some of the main features in the issue. And there's like, you know, it's 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 illegal immigration, and there's this uh, spiritual awakening in Europe happening, and there's Jason Siegel and there's you know all the these roots. the 2012 yeah. new music guide. And then there's this other piece, and we don't know how to describe it, so it's getting left out in a, of a lot of the marketing. Because it's like, how do you describe this absolutely ridiculous uh, piece that we have in there? Which is honestly, I was guffawing, I was laughing out loud. So I don't read things and laugh out loud. I don't watch TV and laugh out loud. You I was LOL, right? I type LOL, but it's a lie, right? But lie. I was, I was, I was reading this, laughing out loud in my office. I mean, it was, it's, it's really a funny piece. Anyway. Springboarding out of that, long-time podcast listeners will remember when Adam Smith and Jesse Carey were part of our crew, uh, they would go to lunch and write Rambo sequel uh, movie <laughs> scripts.
2: <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember so many, even just in the car, like if me and Adam would be driving someplace, that is the entirety of our conversations. We're <laughs> <laughs> so, imagining Rambo sequels. So
1: Adam, uh, God bless him, they're over in Sydney, Australia. Uh, is has taken this on and has been writing real Rambo sequels and started a tum- that's what he's been doing started started the whole time the whole, that's his job <laughs> he, <laughs> he's a full time yeah. blogger uh, so he started a blog where he posted these anyway so Adam joins us later in the podcast and, and reads through his uh, R- Rambo movie treatment uh, which is a springboard off of Jesse's article in the new issue so it's really funny you need to stay tuned um, and, and we have no actual guests yeah. other than Adam. Adam is our guest is this week. Guest. But you yeah. just talked a lot of people off the ledge uh, yeah. by saying that. Yeah. By saying that Adam's coming up. Yeah, so. that's true. Be,
2: be, Because to say that segment is interesting is probably the understatement uh, of the year. Uh, I, I don't know if interesting is the best adjective to describe it, but it certainly is interesting.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I talked some people off the ledge like, oh, Adam's coming. I want to listen. Right. But for all the people who tune in for the quality music and thoughtful it's, interviews... Yeah yeah, they just turned us off. yeah. they're like, oh, I wonder who this new artist Adam Smith is. <laughs> yes. He's a great economist,
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they're really going to get into conservative economics today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With famed legendary economist Adam Smith coming up, <laughs>
2: who I'm not even sure is still alive. <laughs> I don't think he is. <laughs> who I de- I really don't think is alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Suddenly we're, we're, we're the we're the Planet Money podcast. No, it, it's like the, you guys ever listening to the Jefferson Hour on NPR. No, we have someone reenacting like uh, Adam
1: Smith, and Stop we're it. asking him questions. They really do that.
2: Yes, they have. Okay, there's a show on NPR. It plays (laughs) on my local NPR station, but I think they record it in like North Dakota. No, they record it in Colonial
1: Williamsburg.
2: Just
3: the Loverland, Virginia people.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that. No, I, I do think Support that they it. they have a uh, they're funded by UVA because you know Thomas Jefferson Columbia established that that university. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but no, it's an actual radio show where the, <laughs> the the I the guy who portrays him is scholar and academic Clay Jenkinson. <laughs> 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 so Clay Jenkinson what he does is he enters into the character of Thomas Jefferson and people write in questions and they ask him. And he's like, he knows all about Thomas Jefferson. So he answers the questions presuming the character of Thomas Jefferson. It's very interesting.
1: It's kind of like that episode of The Office where they had the Ben Franklin character come and they it thought he was is a stripper. exactly like that <laughs> he's he a stripper well, well what they'll
2: do like a lot of times people will ask him a question that is in no way relevant to the time that thomas jefferson actually lived you know and he'll go well as i understand that in your time it's oh. pretty it's pretty so he's a
1: time traveling thomas jefferson who knows about <laughs> our time
2: no i don't think he i don't think he's time traveling but i think he he somehow has volumes of knowledge about our time it's never really explained.
1: He's a shapeshifter. He's 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 th- Thomas Jefferson is dabbling in the dark arts. That's <laughs> which, what it comes down. Which to. they
2: do address directly uh, on the on the, the Jefferson Hour right regularly.
1: <laughs> so uh, speaking of the dark arts, uh, hey. by the way, welcome welcome to <laughs> Ham Bone. He just joined us. Hey everyone. Speaking of the dark arts, I don't know how many of you guys frequent my Facebook page, but <laughs> but this was Sunday night, oh. I walk into the kitchen and Maya is playing with a broom. Mm-hmm
3: not sweeping odd it's odd because
1: she doesn't sweep <laughs> no. very often so I'm like what are you doing I didn't even know you knew where that was <laughs> and uh she I'm
3: later <laughs> for she that. said
1: she said have you heard about the thing and uh, the thing with the brooms and I'm like what are you talking about she said on, I was on Facebook and I saw these some people posting pictures there's something going on they say with the gravitational pull of the earth right now with planetary alignments that brooms and eggs will stand on end with no support no it's true so, Maya was there. I walk in, she's <laughs> conducting her, she got her little Mr. Wizard science set out, and she was conducting experiments with the broom.
3: Right, jacket on. Really I, I a get broom. an egg
1: out, I'm like, bull, I get an egg out. She's sitting there playing with the broom. Completely true. Wow. We have a slanted broom that, like, the it's like at an angle. So, it's not even like we, it's a straight up and down broom where, where you could, like, just get it balanced with the whisker, you know, the things underneath it. No, it's no an angled broom. The center of balance does not, you know, would not stand upright. Anyway. Got it to stand upright, like for hours. I took pictures yeah. of it. People were saying, "Like, yeah, okay, a still photo of a broom that you clicked right before it fell over. Big deal, you know." And I'm, so I went and shot a video of it. Maya's doing the whole thing of like showing you like a magician's assistant that there's She's nothing. really good. And it, yeah, she was really good. Um, yeah, so so people are now accusing us of dabbling in the dark arts, and we have an enchantment. Well, clearly,
2: that's how it's that's the science behind it. <laughs> It is a ghost or demon (laughs) did you tell them you have to summon a spirit in order for that to happen that that you you also have to have a broom and a Ouija board
1: Jesse have you heard about this though
2: no it's been blowing up Facebook and I've been very curious I actually went to go find the only brooms I have one is a push broom which it did not work (laughs) that didn't work the other is a Swiffer and that did not work the handle on the Swiffer is far too ergonomical it's like a curse
1: um okay so before we get into uh all the stuff coming up later uh, we always kick things off with entertainment releases new music coming out on tuesday march 13th which is my birthday week
4: the ting tings with sounds from nowheresville The Ting Tings, uh, have you guys seen Horrible Bosses? I was just going to say, you can't think of the Ting Tings without thinking of that scene. With the the scene with With Charlie Day. Yeah, when he's like going up and down the seat and yelling, that's not my name, and clapping (laughs) frantically.
2: That that may be the funniest scene in that whole movie. It has
1: to be. Um, The Ting Tings uh, also appeared on Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm -hmm. They wrote a song about Brody's birthday. It was very good. Uh, Dave Barnes with Stories to Tell, Passion with White Flag. Uh, Reuben stuttered. Oh, he's still around <laughs> with uh, letters from Birmingham. Is he in jail? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what happened to him. He's just writing letters now like no. Lil Wayne did. Maybe to Clay Aiken.
2: Well, who's, now, who's now on the Celebrity, celebrity
1: Apprentice, Apprentice. Yeah. and grew Over a beard. What? Yeah. He looks very manly. No, it is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst orange fuzz beard I've ever oh, seen in my life. Sad. Oh. And our pick of the week. All Sons it's and not, Daughters Wait, it's
2: not Ruben Stutter? I, I'm confused <laughs> <laughs> You already you already said Ruben Stutter
5: so. our Just pick... re-edit
1: it, Chad, I guess <laughs> And our pick of the week All Sons and Daughters With Season 1 Here's a clip oh. movies coming out on friday march 16th the day after my birthday uh 21 jump
4: street with jonah hill and I'm channing like, tatum weirdly excited to see that no really i'm really excited no. it does look funny i love, it does
2: look funny. I love it does look funny
4: i love buddy cop movies it has ron swanson in it yeah but it has channing tatum in it. has it. ice cube in yeah it. but they make but i feel yeah. like they're making fun of channing tatum the whole time wow. he's cute yeah really he was a stripper he yeah, was in real life yeah. didn't they reference that when yeah, uh, his I, SNL opening monologue I think so wait are you talking
2: about Ron Swanson
4: or- <laughs> 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 like honestly in the previews whenever Ron Swanson appears on screen I start laughing it's automatic yeah. yeah that's true Jeff who
1: lives at home is coming out starring Jason Siegel Ed Helms and Susan Sarandon great lineup and Detachment starring Adrian Brody that'll do it for your entertainment releases stay tuned up next Slices
0: This week's podcast is brought to you by the new film, Holy Rollers. These pastors had a big secret. When they were not leading churches in worship, they were taking millions of dollars from casinos as a network of high stakes gamblers. Sound like an elaborate Hollywood plot? Well, it's not. This story of Christian card counters actually happened and cameras were allowed inside this risky operation. The result is Holy Rollers, a provocative new documentary being released nationwide this March. You can watch the trailer and learn more at HolyRollersTheMovie.com. That's HolyRollersTheMovie.com.
1: You're listening to Miniature Tigers. (laughs) Otherwise known as a cat. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to cat. The song is uh, Female Doctor.
4: From the brand new album Mia Farrow Also known as Gynecologist (laughs) So the song is Gynecologist by
1: Cats (laughs) (laughs) It's from the soundtrack Of the hit Broadway musical
4: Cats
1: (laughs) Um, At the beginning of the podcast You heard Love Drug With Wild Blood Ironically Miniature Tiger Should have probably had a song Called Wild Blood But they didn't (laughs) All right, time for slices What do you have Jesse?
2: All right. Well, uh, uh, a patron of a movie theater in Michigan is doing is finally doing something, um, something that I'm sure all of us have thought about when we've gone to the movies. He is is taking out a class action lawsuit against his local AMC theater because of snack overpricing. Um, he's okay. saying that you know it's ridiculous that a bottle of water costs five dollars. You know, a bag of popcorn is like eight bucks, and for a box of M and M's that contain basically like a king size bag, is four dollars. That he actually uh, did a, uh, some research and found that they're priced three times more than
1: they are at the store. And um, the store is double wholesale. So like if a if it's a dollar at the store, you're saying it's three dollars at the movie theater. But if it's a dollar at the store, that means the store paid fifty cents for it. So that means the movie theater paid fifty cents and charged
4: three dollars. And that means manufacturing was twenty five cents. Right. Yeah. So for so, twenty five so marked product. up like a thousand percent. <laughs> Maybe right. not a thousand. <laughs> roughly, roughly. <laughs> or
1: six, six percent or six times. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: So, so, so either way, uh you know, this guy just said he's sick and tired of it um and he's not going to take it anymore. But uh, a lot of people are saying that, uh, you know, it's got. You know, this thing isn't going to, you know, go anywhere in court because, you know, in this country, you can pretty much charge whatever you want. No one's forcing you to visit that business. Um, But someone from the Detroit Free Press said that they called someone from the National Association of Theater Owners, which is a group in Washington, D.C., and when they broached the subject, the person angrily hung up on them. (laughs) which seemed like a mature response. Um, But uh, they also interviewed a former uh, operations director at a movie chain, and he said the company line for years was that they are a restaurant that happens to show movies. In other words, most of their income comes from those snacks, and that actually the high snack prices keep the price of movie tickets down.
4: That's really true. I've heard that before. that
2: is true. Um, But, you know, if... Obviously, this gentleman hasn't j- doesn't just do what I do and bring a puffy coat and jam it with all the <laughs> Twizzlers you can before you go in there. I've stuck a box of tacos in there before.
1: <laughs> I think we've had this it's, conversation. It's almost like yeah. a game, Kramer. You know? Kramer bringing his coffee in, yeah. in his pants. Yeah.
2: Like I said, it's almost sort of a fun cat and mouse game.
3: <laughs> I would be so mad if you were crunching on tacos behind me at a movie.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I, what's well, the I have, that? nachos. Basic decency.
2: I ordered the soft tacos. <laughs> But they sell nachos at the thing, you know, so... That's mm-hmm. true. All right.
1: True. What do you have, Maya?
3: Um, my slice comes to you from Garland, Texas, where currently there is a 400-pound elephant on the loose.
1: Whoa. On the loose. On the loose. Currently. Yes. They haven't been able to catch it. They don't move that fast. C- Wait, elephants only weigh 400 pounds? It's a baby. It's, oh, a, okay. it's a bronze elephant. Yeah, I was going to say, what manner
2: of ti- I think they buried the lead again. They bred <laughs> a, a <laughs> miniature elephant,
1: miniature
3: tigers,
4: <laughs> miniature elephants.
3: Well, that's that's what the headline says, and then you realize, oh, it's a bronze one. Well, they, this family has had it on their porch. They've had it uh, chained th- to their front porch. Well, that's <laughs> cl- that's classy. I know a four hundred pound bronze statue. They named Bonbon bon Babar. Oh, it's a
2: statue.
3: It is a statue.
1: It's a bronze statue. Oh, yeah. Were you still thinking that this was a <laughs> miniature elephant? It was still
2: real? No, I thought it was like a baby elephant or something. Baby <laughs> elephant. They have changed yeah. to their front
1: so porch. He is aghast <laughs> that they are changing, <laughs> and, he's, and he's also
4: never heard of the bronze elephant species.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, there's a bronze elephant. It's from <laughs> it's
1: from Myanmar. Yeah.
2: See, if I was the right, is this in a newspaper, Maya?
3: Yes.
1: The See, I, if, I,
2: if I was the newspaper editor, there would be a picture of the family, like, sitting on the porch where the elephant used to be all just kind of staring at each other. And the caption would say, elephant in the room. Oh, <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no it would be Thompson elephant. The family discusses the elephant not in the room. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, this family's offering Sadly, you do this for a living. You, I know. You, it's like, yeah. you, you could do this. Sadly, that's, uh, you know, send it to print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're bumping this story to the cover just because of the, the picture caption. The
1: Garland Post, hard-hitting news.
2: I, <laughs> I really
3: just brought this up because they're offering, because these people own a 400-pound 400, 400 bronze statue. Where'd they get that? That is chained to their- West home. Change to their porch. (laughs) He says their friends and neighbors would come by and talk and see the elephant. What? It was it was kind of a you know a landmark in their neighborhood. We're Um, still
1: talking about a statue. statue, (laughs) landmark, (laughs) equaling eyesore.
3: They named it (laughs) right. They named it Bon Bon Babar. And I like his wife's quote. She said Gene doesn't get excited about a lot of things, but and he doesn't ask for this, so I really wanted to get it for him. And now they're really. We're talking about a statue. Statue. (laughs) I bet they got
1: it in Sky Mall. (laughs) <laughs> people who people who chain things to their porch don't shop at Sky Mall.
4: Oh, that's a good call.
2: <laughs> well, where would market. you possibly buy flea like market? Like a f- good call. It's
4: a it's a flea market. Item. One of uh, one of our editors here just went to uh, one of the one of the country's biggest flea markets this weekend. No. Uh, the biggest the biggest flea world me. yeah but i've been to a i've been to a flea market <laughs> in tennessee that markets itself as the world's biggest yeah, flea market it's probably a common thing they don't I've,
3: think you're gonna like track down I yeah.
4: all of
2: tennessee is the world's <laughs> biggest I <betted> it. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: <laughs> but she bought I'm me sorry, she dude. bought me a uh holographic christian placemat and hmm. it's awesome
3: um, the last little part for my slice is, um, their neighbor says, why would anyone want to take the bronze statue, which I bring up? Why would anyone own it wanna in the first place? It, yeah. But they said, what are they going to do? Melt it down. So I just wanted to put on alert out in Garland. If you own, you know, this a maybe smelter, a smelter, <laughs> if someone brings you a 400 pound bronze statue, <laughs> you should call the police.
4: You never know in rural Texas, that may just be like a backyard implement. Right. Like oh smelter. that's my girl. that's my smelter
2: <laughs> I had a smelter I, I kn- you know it's that neighbor that was like they saw the reporter out there and they're like yeah I'll give a quote and just to like I don't know why anybody would take that eyesore that's driving down the home value of the whole neighborhood <laughs> I mean lots of us here appreciate four hundred pound sculpture chained to front porches
4: later we find out he's president of the homeowners association
1: <laughs> yeah. well arson's always returned to the scene of the crime yeah. so right. yeah. yeah oh. I think we've solved it. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. also owns a smelter. It's like, that's so weird because our <laughs> other neighbors
2: down the street recently had their bird bath made of old tires stolen. <laughs> <laughs> man, this thief has terrible taste.
0: <laughs>
4: oh, man. All right. What do you have? All right. All right. Uh, so there's a new poll out. And, uh, it was done by Living Social and they had uh, a whole bunch of respondents and it was a poll about uh, who are the worst tourists in the world? Germans. Uh... uh, Next slice. (laughs) Apparently, apparently, uh, Americans self-rate themselves as the world's worst tourists. Uh, which is also an assessment shared by Canadians and Australians. (laughs) Uh, the Irish rated the British, uh, as the worst tourists and the British identified the Germans as the worst tourists. So you agree with German or British people?
1: Well, Orlando has a ton of international visitors. Yeah. 50 million visitors a year, mainly from Brazil. Right. In England. And some Germans. They're it, fine.
3: They just dress the same.
1: They can the can same? I make one observation I can identify. I can identify without anybody opening their mouth a British tourist mm-hmm. or a German tourist <laughs> oh yeah do, Cause cause do, always do the white
2: capris uh, roll away suitcase and their presence at the outlets <laughs> well, <are playing> at?
4: <laughs> no I mean they're always pink yeah they're always they're always sunburned. but I will say as someone who lived their life mostly overseas mm-hmm. Americans are unequivocally the worst tourists why because they literally because we bring say things, so much
2: money to spend in their countries <laughs>
4: because Americans will literally say things <laughs> like Why don't these people speak English? I have heard this right. in a fast food restaurant in Austria. Right. right uh well what's the answer it, they're just inquiring they're just <laughs> curious. yeah they're just curious maybe because you're in another country you idiot <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, but it, here's it, the it, thing like,
4: ryan we're
2: americans
1: <laughs> oh dear. look at how much look, land america has and we can agree on one possibly two languages look at europe and the same amount of like half the amount of land they've got like 87 languages yeah, just just stabilizing. <laughs> just, just pick
4: one. Cameron's in favor of the one world government. I am.
2: I'm in favor of a country where you can chain a 400 pound bronze <laughs> elephant to your driveway. And the only time it's in the news is when it's stolen.
4: I will say as, uh, as someone who's been to a lot of touristy places too, uh, I also have to agree with the assessment that British tourists are pretty bad because uh, if you ever go to Prague, There will be British people who get on the plane in London, start drinking as soon as they get on, stay drunk the entire weekend. And like when I was in Prague, there were mostly drunk British people walking down the street singing soccer songs who were cross-dressed. Oh,
1: there you go. And that was the
4: general. (laughs) That's a good Friday night right right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we,
2: We may ask, why isn't anyone speaking our language? At least we're not, you know cross-dressing and and you know
1: belligerent so Amer- well
4: the americans are belligerent so, too, ama- but- okay
1: americans are elitist well, we're not cross-dressed Hold on, American- <laughs> americans are elitist self-centered mm-hmm. and and can be belligerent mm-hmm. okay. You're mm-hmm. okay you're saying british people are drunk the entire time yes
4: what are germans if you I had a i've never thought that the germans were that bad a tourist yeah actually i don't think so they're just visually not fun i mean they just wear like <laughs> they just wear socks with sandals they that's literally the, do. Yeah. Birkenstocks
1: the, and black socks yeah. and I, with shorts. And I don't understand Or it. Crocs. Crocs
4: have gotten pretty Crocs, big too. Right. That's true. Yeah. They're
2: just really into like foot comfort. They really. <laughs> you know, they, they will sacrifice all fashion for, for having superior foot and comfort.
1: And they really still use fanny packs. That's not a stereotype. Yeah, that's true. And they're always incessantly sunburned. That's also <laughs> true.
4: Uh, Americans, it's pretty funny because what you said about identifying Germans here, mm-hmm. uh, like in Austria, you could always immediately identify Americans. Uh, because they because of our
1: style, Americans were the they're only ones wearing white.
4: Yeah, they were all the only ones wearing white socks, and they were the only ones who would wear like New Balance shoes, like the cross trainers. So ones. we're very, we're very, we have, we're, we're athletic. athletic. We're ready we're to run it. Anyway. Well, slash, everyone looks like they're ready to go to a Dave Matthews concert.
5: <laughs> oh
4: boy! All right, so that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Uh, the new issue of Relevant coming up next.
0: Well, if you're a podcast listener, there's a good chance that you're a fan of the band Gungor. Well, all week, Relevant is giving away autographed copies of Gungor's new album, Ghosts Upon the Earth, on vinyl. To find out how to win one of these exclusive signed vinyls, go over to Relevant's Facebook page, facebook.com slash relevant. And don't miss Gungor on their Ghosts Upon the Earth tour. You can find a city near you at
1: gungermusic.com. listening to Yellow Ostrich. The song is Marathon Runner. It's Roxy's theme song. Yes. And more animals. Right. All animals. All animals all the time here on the Relevant Podcast. Um, It's time for your look at uh, a behind the scenes look at our brand new issue of Relevant, which came out nine days ago. Um, Joining us is our editorial director, Roxanne Wieman. Hi. Um, So the March issue of Relevant just came out it's one of uh my favorite issues every year because it's our new music guide we We tend to look at the year in music, we look at what's occurring, what's going to occur, and usually the cover' one of our favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, no exception this year. We have um, a, a band that we, or a group that we've been probably working to get in relevant for mm, five years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the roots Ryan uh, Ham, Hambone, wrote the story. Um, flew up to New York right before Christmas, literally like two days before Christmas. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ryan, tell us about tell us about the experience. Uh, tell us why we selected
4: the roots and, and, and what's unique about this story and kind of what we reveal about them. Um, well, I feel like, I mean, like Cameron said, it's someone we've been, we've had on our radar for a long time. Um, Since 1994. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think all of us have been fans of their stuff, but especially when they're uh, like I guess two albums ago now how I got over came out in 2010 was the one before this one right um, like we were really impressed by it and then uh, they kind of made a comeback into the like general public conscious consciousness even people who weren't hip-hop fans knew who the roots were because they're on Jimmy Fallon every night right um, which is the weirdest thing ever for like a street cred yeah. you know
1: like yeah. social justice really like high caliber thoughtful you know group to become the house band, yeah, like the Max Weinberg Seven. I right. mean, that's just bizarre to me. Yeah, it'd be like most deaf being your like announcer. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like that's crazy. Right. Yeah. They um, talk
6: about that in the story a little bit, like yeah. how that came about
4: um, and why they did it, and why. To me, it was right. a huge
1: like cred risk. Right. You know? yeah. right. yeah. Well, um,
4: they said that's why how I got over is so good is because they had to make it really, really good, or else people would yeah. say they're yeah. finished. Yeah. Right.
1: And it really, it really is. I mean, yeah. top two arguably top three I think top two of their entire discography Mm -hmm. is that album all uh, here's a clip of, of actually the song How I Get Over.
0: You want to call too much drama living with the police right behind you it's always more than a slight reminder we living in a war zone life for wonder before i go back to the heavenly father pray for me if it ain't too much bother whatever don't break me and make me stronger i feel like i can't take too much longer it's too much lying and too much crying i'm all cried out cuz i grew up crying they all got a sales pitch i ain't buying they trying to convince me that i ain't trying we uninspired, we on and tired
1: other than the fact that they're a house band what, like, t- talk to me about, you know, when you're writing, when you're talking to them, when you're with them, and, and then end up writing uh, the piece. What what struck you, like, from, you know,
4: for a relevant reader, like, right. what, what what's so unique about them? Well, I mean, I think one of the big things with The Roots is, like, all of their albums that I've listened to over the years have taught me something. Um, oh. And it's always, like... like- algebra yeah except way better um I mean they're like they're really writing about the black experience in America and uh and so I mean every album they're talking about it from like a really particular perspective and um, it's but it's not that's... angry, you know. No. It's not. It's it, it's 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 redemptive.
1: It's not angry. It's not gangster. But it's deeply revealing mm-hmm. and and personal. I, I feel like they're using hip hop strategically, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas it's not just about writing hits. They actually are really trying to accomplish something with the content of their music. Right.
6: Yeah. Are they like super intense in person?
1: No. No, no. I, I wouldn't think so. In fact, uh, you can get a sense of, of their personalities because for the issue, we did a photo shoot with them right there. Um, and uh, we actually videoed some kind of sidebar content, I mm-hmm. guess we would call it. Kind of not the focus of the issue or the article, but you know, things like their favorite our, our favorite albums of the year, yep. or what are they reading, things like that. In a uh, video series that we produced, uh, Five Questions with the Roots, and uh, that's playing right now over at Relevant TV. You can um, check that out. It's on our YouTube channel as well. Um, obviously, if you have our iPad issue, it's embedded in the story. Uh, but to give you a taste of kind of their personality and, and some of that conversation, uh, let's let's play one of them. Here's here's Ryan asking Questlove. Now, Questlove is known as a curator of great music. Right. I mean, he has great taste, and and so Ryan obviously asked him, Who, "Who's your favorite band right now? Who are you listening to this year?" And this is what Questlove had to say.
4: Well, I count The Weeknd's website as an album. I really like the uh, this summer. I really like the uh, Bon Iver's record. You know what? This year, I probably listened to more comedy albums than anything. White uh debut record. Um, I did. I liked Watch the Throne. But uh, it speaks volumes that my favorite record this year was Turtleneck and Chain by Lonely Island. <laughs> You know, I, I didn't listen to The Lonely Island as, oh, I'm um, listening to a comedy record. Like, I liked the beats. I thought they were humorous, and I laughed and rewound a whole bunch, you know, out of some strange, ironic twists. That was my favorite record of this year.
1: <laughs> so, The Lonely Island. There you go. <laughs> Best album of 2011. Ooh. Who knew? Um, other highlights of the issue. Um, Roxy, what was your favorite uh, moment in this issue?
6: This was a really fun issue to work on, so I had quite a few favorite stories. I really appreciate our story, um, Who Would Jesus Deport? I think it was just a really... It's a really human side to the immigration issue and taking a look at people who have who have experienced um, being illegal immigrants, just the much more personal side of it that you don't hear very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, one of the highlights of the story is an interview with um Damian Bashir Bashir, Bashir okay. who um who was nominated for best actor at the, the Oscars, Oscars for his movie or his part in A Better Life which is we talked to him and the director of A Better Life for the story yeah. yeah so it's just it, it, he has a unique perspective on it um from playing that part and also from just kind of his personal experiences so it's a really good story and and very eye-opening Beyond just the politics,
1: I, I like I mentioned earlier. I love the uh, new music guide. This one's no exception, and we get to also spotlight like Gunger and some other bands mm-hmm. that we love, mm-hmm. which is fun. Uh, the issue is really uh, diverse, interesting, surprising. Uh, we talk about a spiritual awakening in Europe uh, emerging. We talk about we talk to Jason Siegel. We talk about tattoos, yeah. uh, and from a Christian perspective, should we maybe rethink them? Yeah. What? Why are you smiling? It's, just, you're, it's you're a good piece. Up?
6: It's one. It's one of the one of my favorite pieces in the issue. And yes, Did it I have. You? I have two tattoos, and Ryan has a tattoo. And
1: do you really? Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it a butterfly? No, it's right here. Oh, oh, yeah.
6: And I think. I mean, it was. It it's a. a cha- it's challenging in terms of. It's not saying yes, you should or no, you shouldn't get tattoos. It's just kind of. Yes, it does. Does.
1: But you have to read the article to figure out yes, what our answer right. is. Exactly. There's a lot of other stuff going on. You know, we have reject apathy and statements and slices and the drop we spotlight emerging artists like sharon van etten givers high society sharon's been here on the podcast right um givers is a great group and uh, high society making some good hip-hop yeah but probably for the podcast audience the story that they'll remember the most other than the cover story (laughs) and the tattoo one because they went out and got tattoos after they read it or not uh, or 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 had some
6: removed oh or they went
1: or they went and processed at a tattoo parlor Uh uh-oh yeah we don't find out what to do boycott (laughs) (laughs) i could buy tattoo yeah Hashtag, um, is, uh, is probably Jesse Carey's article "Highway to the Danger Zone." He um, he he pleads with Hollywood to bring back the golden age of American cinema, the nineteen eighties, <laughs> by 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 lobbying them ideas for for movies um, that should be made. Based on iconic 1980s. Yeah, fun adventure. Fun films.
4: fact uh, after we got this article and I liked it so much, I ordered Invasion USA on Amazon. Did you really? And we watched it over lunch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the one you yeah, guys have been watching? That's what we were watching. <laughs> it oh like three goodness. lunches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, podcast listeners, you're definitely going to want to check out that
1: story. And in fact, that segues us perfectly to our, our next segment. Which uh, Adam Smith joins us for. So uh, thanks for joining us, Roxy. Yes. Uh, If you want to find the new issue of Relevant, uh, it's at newsstands nationwide. You can buy it, uh, the iPad edition at the app store at iTunes, um, or you can subscribe now at relevantmagazine.com. Stay tuned. Up next, Adam Smith joins us. You're listening to Nora Jones. The song is Happy Pills. Oh, that's sad. It's from her upcoming album, Little Broken Hearts, apparently produced by Danger Mouse. Yes, it is. It's cool. This is a very special segment for the Relevant podcast. It's unprecedented. We are lifting up the veil behind the scenes of how Hollywood works. Yes. As you know, in the new issue of Relevant, uh, there is a, a an article uh, that Jesse wrote pitching sequels to 1980s action movies or right. action franchises. It was great stuff. And every one of them should be made. Yes. Uh, well, that started because back when um, Jesse Carey and Adam Smith both worked in the same building on the same continent together, they would go <laughs> to lunch and come up with crazy Rambo movie sequel ideas. And and it was really funny. And they did—they would tell them on the podcast, stuff like that. And we thought... You know, and that kind of was the birth of, of this article. Mm-hmm. So we thought what we need to do is, is actually take this up a level and we need to actually try and get one of these Rambo movies made. So we went to the source and we asked Adam Smith, the one and only Adam Smith, to pitch us on a Rambo movie idea. And so welcome welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. So he,
5: I've, I've been working on this for... Quite a while. I've put pretty much every other project on hold. I
2: was going to say you got about two and a half years
5: into this thing, don't you? Yeah, I I've got skin in the game, as it were.
1: So we we wanted yeah, so we want Adam to to, to practice. We want him to take this up a level. So we thought it'd be good, like role playing, for him to pitch us his his movie treatment. Mm-hmm. And that you know we wait
5: would... wait a second. I thought you guys. I thought you guys were bankrolling this thing. <laughs> and what we'll I do, was led to believe this was an actual pitch meeting. Just, hey, just Adam, pretend.
2: If this goes well, I'm all in. Okay.
1: <laughs> so and then we'll give the our you know our feedback on it and then and maybe we can actually go take this to some of our studio connections and get this thing greenlit. So so we wanted to hear uh, uh, we wanted to open the floor for Adam to uh, pitch us on his Rambo movie treatment.
5: Okay, okay. So uh, the title is Rambo Six the Cobra's Pearl? Okay. Obviously, obviously, that's now, perfect. You, you you may remember we've already had Rambo Five, the Wizard's Cloak. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that one, I'm I'm assuming by now because Jesse pitched it on a previous podcast. I'm assuming it's in pre-production and that the uh, the royalty checks should start rolling in soon.
2: Now, now, but, Adam, just for a reminder, how did the Wizard's Cloak end?
5: Uh, the Wizard's Cloak ended with Rambo having saved all the orphans in the world and won the World Series. Oh, that's right, that's right. After after his comeback as a Major League Baseball pitcher. So so,
2: what's the drop-off between the Cobra's Pearl and Wizard's Cloak? How much time has gone by, or does that even matter?
5: Uh, it doesn't matter. Or is matter. this we're, an we're alternate still, universe? It, the, the beauty of each Rambo sequel is that you're t- – you are to assume that the previous one never happened.
2: (laughs) So really the series can never die.
5: Exactly. (laughs)
2: Oh, that's wonderful. It's brilliant.
5: Okay. So, uh, as, as the film opens, as the Cobra's Pearl opens, Rambo is, uh, he's smartly dressed in a tweed sport coat and he's lecturing at a university, right? And kind of from the context of his lecture, you pick up that he seems to be simultaneously teaching calculus, archaeology, and women's studies. And so as he's teaching, the general appears in the doorway and kind of clears his throat to get Rambo's attention.
2: Wait, wait. And, so uh, it's, it's just for, for some context here. It's just the general.
5: We assume the
2: general, the general of, of some sort of branch of the United States military.
5: No, it's just the general. Now, in, in the Rambo films, his, his name was Colonel Trotman, and he was played by Richard Crenna. Okay. Uh, for, for our purposes, he's just the general. He's an <laughs> I- incredibly generic, craggy old military guy.
2: Mm. And he's recast in every film, I assume. <laughs> yeah,
5: you know, as, as is necessary, I think. Right. Um, so he appears in the doorway. He clears his throat to get Rambo's attention. And Rambo turns to his glass and says, Excuse me, glass. And then you see uh, Rambo and the general are walking across the quad. And the general is obviously trying to enlist Rambo's aid. And he says, Rambo, our worst fears have come to fruition. The moment you and I most dreaded. Rambo's like, You don't mean yes. Steam powered robots from the past have kidnapped Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and so back in time to stop them, neither of us will ever be born.
2: <laughs> so, from the context of how he frames this, this is a discussion and a possibility that the general and, and Rambo knew was possible.
5: Yes, th- this is something that they've known for a long time could happen. <laughs> so, uh, Rambo, you know, uh, Rambo, the typical Rambo. Uh, movie, he, the hesitant hero. He's like, I'm sorry, General. I don't do that kind of work anymore. I'm an academic now. <laughs> but as he's talking, a frisbee flies into frame. Rambo catches it without looking, throws it off screen, and we hear an explosion <laughs> from off screen, right? So, uh, all of a sudden, Rambo and the general are surrounded by ninjas, which leads to a twenty-minute fight scene where Rambo just mercilessly slaughters the ninjas. Sometimes using the bodies of dead ninjas against, as weapons against other ninjas.
1: Well, do we know why? Do we know why the frisbee
4: exploded? By the way,
5: because Rambo threw it. Everything in a Rambo movie explodes when so, Rambo interacts with it.
4: And also, from the description of the violence, we're assuming this is a hard R.
5: Oh yes. The hardest <laughs> um,
4: the hardest R. So that should be the rating.
5: Yeah, so the hardest R available.
2: <laughs> Extreme violence and <laughs> That's Dismem- all it's be a constant for. dismemberment is what it's
5: saying. Actually on the uh, the description, you know, of the when The rating when it's describing Why it's received that rating It just says Rambo film (laughs) Um, So anyway Rambo He kills the final ninja And he hears this kind of small cry From off screen and he turns to see A mortally wounded nine year old boy In a wheelchair (laughs) Who says Rambo Avenge me And then melodramatically dies You know kind of lolling his tongue tongue out And rolling his eyes back in his head And Rambo cradles the corpse and says Timmy he was my best pupil And so we're kind of left to wonder Why Rambo who is clearly A university level lecturer Was teaching a nine year old boy Um, The general says See Rambo now will you help us Rambo replies I'm not doing this for you I'm doing it for Timmy. <laughs> so it cuts to the next scene, and Rambo is sitting on just this massive chopper, like, you know, kind of like uh, Peter Fonda would have written in Easy Rider. And he's on top of the Great Wall of China. <laughs> and he just kind of says to no one in particular, I have to time this jump just right to end up in 1865. So... Well, I mean, he has to go back in time and save Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) And
2: obviously, the only way to do that is to Uh, jump jump. off
5: the Great Wall of China on
2: an Easy Rider chopper. Yes, and you have to get the timing right. Would you consider a cameo by one of the Tuttles from the American Chopper <laughs> reality series?
5: See, I think, I think that that would undermine the audience's natural assumption that Rambo built that motorcycle himself.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: you're right. You're right. Yeah, please, Jesse, leave this to the professional. I
2: stand corrected. I've, I've put
5: a lot of thought into this from every conceivable angle. So. um so, So he revs up the chopper and jumps off the wall, which explodes behind him, right <laughs> <laughs> and he, he lands in this dense Southeast Asian jungle, but there's a caption at the bottom of the screen that says Washington, D.C., 1865. So he spends about the next 45 minutes or so just fighting militiamen of, you know, uh, an indeterminate Asian origin. And uh, makes, makes his way through the jungle. And it's really, really important to note here that at no point do steam-powered robots appear. <laughs> so finally, he makes his his way to a bamboo hut and he, he sneaks inside and he finds Abraham Lincoln chained to the wall and uh, Lincoln turns to him you know, with just joy in his eyes and he's like, Rambo! Thank God! Quick! Emancipate me! So uh, Rambo unchains Lincoln and he hands him a flamethrower and he and Lincoln then spend the next 30 minutes fighting their way back through the jungle uh, to a waiting helicopter.
1: Do we understand
4: why Lincoln knows Rambo? No, no.
5: Okay. You just assume I mean everyone knows Rambo.
1: I know it
4: Ugh. also is this foreshadowing for Lincoln's emancipation proclamation?
5: Well, yeah, the you know, quick emancipate me. I think I, yeah. I think in in this world we are to assume that Lincoln is already the great emancipator, but he just works that into conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I and, like and, think- and the the motive
2: for the for the Lincoln kidnapping, again, not important, no. I assume.
5: No, well the motive was so that Rambo and the general would never be born.
2: Oh, I see. That it's never sense. explained
5: to us how they are linked to abraham lincoln that you know his you know his kidnapping would somehow affect their yeah, are they their
1: are they descendants and then does that mean that they're related to each other
5: it it never tells us that okay <laughs>
1: it, it never tells us that the thing that you wrote
5: it never right, tells us that's that. right okay uh, it's, and it's very important that it never tells us that. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, now one, another thing that it never tells us, but I like to, you know, I, I'm sure all great screenwriters kind of have uh, a bit more exposition in their mind than they actually reveal to the audience. I like to assume that Lincoln and Rambo were in a prison camp together in Nam. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's how <laughs> well, so how did um, Lincoln
1: get to the future to serve in Nam and then go back to the past?
5: I haven't really thought that. far.
4: Okay. all right. All he right. was but, he was emancipated from the era. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> maybe maybe Rambo brought another chopper with.
5: him. Okay, all right.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, once so, again, I'm these cool. are irrelevant
5: we're, details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're nearing the end of the film now. Okay, so, so they're they're in the helicopter and they're being flown back to safety. And and Lincoln claps Rambo on the back. He says, "Thank you, Rambo. How can I ever repay you?" And Rambo turns to him with a smile and says, "Be best man at my wedding." <laughs> It cuts to this wedding scene with Guns N' Roses November Rain yes. playing over it. And Rambo and Lincoln are waiting up there smiling at the altar as a woman who we have never seen before approaches in a wedding dress. Please
4: tell me it's right? played by
5: Sally Field. Ooh, I, I mean, I think we could cast anyone in a great cameo here, but Sally Field would be, that would be top of the wish list.
2: <laughs> um, Has she gotten back to you yet, Adam? I, think Bo- I know you've been <coughs> emailing her.
5: See, I saw I,
1: Bo Derek.
4: <laughs>
5: Good all, all these people you're mentioning are getting a little long in the tooth to tawny tawny, <laughs> tawny oh. kitten i think would be perfect uh l
4: mcpherson
1: there you no. go she'd be old there
5: now. yeah see that's that's perfect all right um at any rate it's 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 really immaterial who it is because we've never seen her before and she doesn't have a single line <laughs> um So as the minister pronounces Rambo and the anonymous woman, man and wife, the camera pans to the right to show Slash, you know, standing there in a tuxedo as though he's one of the groomsmen. And he starts playing that screaming guitar solo from November Rain. Mm -hmm. Rambo and Lincoln wink at each other, then high five, and it freeze frames and fades to black. (laughs) And now it's important to note as the credits roll and for no particular reason, it plays the blooper reel from Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> the Burt Reynolds vehicle. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So that's Rambo 6, The Cobra's Pearl.
1: Oh, my gosh, dude. I love it. And, and it sets up uh, Rambo 7 where he's married
5: now. Yeah. Or, oh, his, no. or his wife is killed no. immediately.
1: Or, or he has a little Rambo. Because he's married. Made-
5: Ran- uh, see, the thing is, Rambo Seven, which I've already written, Rambo Seven: Night <laughs> of the Were-Tiger. Um, the, there is absolutely no reference to the wedding having happened <laughs> or that woman ever having existed.
1: <laughs> so I, I have one problem with the script.
5: Uh, it's it's too awesome.
1: No, there's there's no steam powered robots. Well, uh, yeah, and, but the, so that means the general lied to him that steam powered robots are the ones who kidnapped Rambo. But when Rambo no. emancip- or uh, kidnapped Lincoln, but when, when Rambo went and freed him, he didn't encounter any steam-powered robots.
5: You're looking for t- far too much logic in this Rambo <laughs> movie. See, I think that the assumption what makes it a good Rambo movie is not, you know, it's almost as though you have to assume that the screenwriter or whoever edited the film or the director or someone just forgot. <laughs> you know, well, that they you- put that detail in there and thought, Oh, that'd be really cool, steam powered robots. And then they didn't have the budget and they hoped the audience wouldn't notice <laughs> yeah. or something like and,
2: that. And, 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 well, yeah, and they had already gotten that far and they're like, listen, there's no going back now.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah we, we can't edit out steam powered robots. I also
4: think uh, the other thing that could potentially be improved uh, is that. <laughs> only other as, thing. yeah. How as, dare you. <laughs> as Abraham Lincoln and uh, Rambo are fighting their way back through the jungle what if as the ninjas or were they ninjas or just were these ninjas? just militia men. just militia men. Okay. As they were sort of <laughs> gathering around if they look at each other and then Lincoln looks back and says hail to the chief except he adds like four F bombs and then all of a sudden Motley <laughs> and then all of a sudden yeah all of a sudden Motley crew starts playing a version of hail to the chief that lasts for 30 minutes. No,
1: you yeah. know what I in that same scene mm-hmm. the one way we could address my issue is that as they're fighting their way back through the forest, is that you can see that they're stepping. Like, every once in a while, there's, like, little remnants of steam-powered robot Mm -hmm. scraps strewn throughout the forest floor. So, like, something happened. Like, these militiamen already conquered the steam-powered robots and took Lincoln to be their own.
5: (laughs) I I think it is insanely important that the movie never even addresses (laughs) the steam-powered robot issue. Can
2: can I make one minor... uh, I don't even want to call it a critique because it adds a stand next it, to perfect. It's a note.
5: Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, this possibly is the most perfect movie ever written. So yeah, yeah. I mean, anything it's, it's you say much it would really shirt. just detract from it. But yeah. go on.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, first off, I would have liked to seen uh, at least one reference to a crossbow.
5: Oh. <laughs> well, that could have been I,
1: in the forest when he was going through with the. Yeah,
5: I think that will happen in the 45 minute period. Okay, so so the crossbow is, is implied. Yes, I think so.
2: Okay. We're talking um, about I Red would Red also, Red. also like to have seen a, a final boss battle with a super villain oh, like Darth call. Vader or, or, oh, or,
5: or Hitler or someone don't that's behind worry. This That plot. comes in Rambo 7 Night of the Were Tiger. Okay. Is
4: Pol Pot the villain?
5: Oh no. It's Rambo's greatest nemesis of all time.
4: Draco Malfoy?
5: Uh well I I mean I've already written Rambo 7, Night of the were Tiger. I can I can share it with you if you want, but it's, you know, I fear that you know too much of a good thing, people might get overwhelmed. Yeah.
1: I do think we need to add the line, Hail to the Mother F and Chief. Yeah. I like that. I,
5: right. I think so. Um
4: it would also be good if there was some sort of uh play on words at the wedding when Rambo is like, Oh no, I didn't plan our honeymoon. And Lincoln leads up and he goes, that's okay. You can have the Lincoln bedroom and winks at him. Uh, (laughs) uh,
5: I I will say I did, I did include a nice action movie quip in uh, Rambo seven. So, Um, okay. That's fine. Check that out. I actually, I actually kind of restarted the Rambo of the week blog. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. So, so
2: just for so, where can we access this? What is the URL?
5: It's just com. and I I will be updating it. And I also uh, is
2: it Adam? Is it safe for work?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is safe for work. <laughs> um, I've I've made certain of that. But I also strongly, strongly suggest that that. You know, all you guys and anyone listening sends in some Rambo plots, and uh, if they're good, I'll put them up there.
1: Are you yeah. really doing this? You really are? Yes.
5: I am. I am. I've already got Night of the Were Tiger up there. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, I'll be putting up Rambo 8, The Quest for Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I've got Rambo 9, Laser Space Patrol 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rambo 10, The Tears of Atlantis. <laughs> uh, and Rambo 11, Tyler Perry's Rambo 11.
4: <laughs> oh. And that one is just an extended conversation between Rambo and <laughs> yeah.
5: Well, the, the interesting thing is that there's a note at the beginning of that informing you that Tyler Perry had absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> any part, any aspect of the production of the film. It's just called and, Tyler and, Perry's And Rambo there's a 11. pending lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, well, that's great. Uh, I look forward to uh, reading all of those. If y'all want to uh, contribute or read these, I guess you can really go to Rambo of the Week dot blogspot dot com.
5: Indeed, and <laughs> there's there's a link to email me and uh, you know email me your Rambo plot or fan art. You know, <laughs> art.
1: that's awesome. Well, dude, yeah. thanks for thanks for uh, calling in. It's uh, it's always fun to talk to you. I, I love the Rambo. Indeed. This is
5: fun. Really good talking, to you guys. All right.
1: Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Listening to white rabbits. This is a um, animal-heavy musical say lineup.
2: Wildlife theme. Yellow music.
1: ostrich miniature tigers, white rabbits. We got a veritable musical zoo going on. <laughs> um, the song is heavy metal. It's from their new album, "Milk <laughs> Famous." Okay, it's time for your feedback. Um, last week we got a little personal. Last week we we let you into our social lives here at the old Relevant HQ. Uh, Next week, my birthday week, have I mentioned that? Uh, The day after my birthday, (laughs) satirist, author, friend of the podcast, John Acuff is going to be in town. And uh, he he and I were talking, we should get together, let's get together. And uh, we are. And so I I put out there, uh, if you had the opportunity of spending an evening with John Acuff, what would you do? Because I'm looking for some ideas. (laughs) So you guys went over to the podcast episode page at
4: and posted some suggestions there. Here's a few of our favorites uh i have to <laughs> i would say T money 9000 takes the cake for the weirdest comment ever posted on any website Wha- ever wow yeah. that is a big that is a big one. i mean part of it's because he's making reference to a podcast from like a year ago okay. uh but his he, okay he, he,
2: he's og i'm just
4: gonna read this and you can react appropriately <laughs> keep in mind this is you and john acuff i'd make sweet (laughs) sweet body wine in tubs overlooking a cliff and i'd have the blind butler's bottle that wine for those nights down the road when i'm feeling lonely i'd open a bottle and let the memories pour out and create a nice aroma in my mind of the night we shared like when you pour wine into a glass and there is a nice smell (laughs) if you're wondering what he's (laughs) referencing actually somebody put that segment on
1: youtube uh, the Cialis relevant podcast Cialis. Please segment. tell
2: me they reenacted it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just one of those audio clip things, but I found it the other day. Relevant podcast Cialis yeah. segment. So if you want, if that makes sense. I can guarantee you there
4: will be no tubs involved with whatever John and or I Or body doing. wine.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Again, without the con- even with the context.
4: <laughs> even with the context, body wine is objectively gross. You've never experienced it. Clearly. <laughs> clearly, you've never experienced it. All I'm it. picturing is someone dumping a bottle of wine over their head and then drinking it after it collects all no, of your body soil. Wrong. It is so much more nuanced than that. <laughs>
1: There's yeah, so- you don't have a
2: refined enough palate. There's, oh, sorry. There's to, to, to taste a hint of eucalyptus along with the body flavors.
1: <laughs> There's an immense amount of the
4: body soaking, flavors soaking involved.
1: Oh, you're talking about pouring like a shower. I mean, like a savage. They're soaking. Oh, okay. He's soaking in <laughs> the wine.
2: It's like Ryan. It doesn't gross you out that they used to stomp it with bare feet. Oh, that kind
4: of grosses me out too. Well, then it ferments. I mean, when you think about it, <laughs> it yeah.
2: rots. I mean. So I'm sorry, I I don't own a vineyard, so I don't know the nuances of the process. I'm just saying there's there's body parts coming in contact with the wine.
4: Jesse, I would love it if you started a vineyard. What would the name of your wine be?
2: Oh, man, I would have to give that some thought
4: because it would based on your previous elephant in the room statement. It would have to be an amazing name.
2: Yeah, I, let me give it. I, I don't want to say something just off the cuff because if I seriously want to start a vineyard, I'm going to be tied to this name. So I don't have to think about it.
1: You need to buy some land right next to Colonial Williamsburg now.
2: <laughs> they have a winery up there. I know that's and, what I'm saying. And Dave Matthews actually owns a winery up there too. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, he's from yeah. Virginia. What's it? What's I have his? friends whi- that ran into him at a, at his winery.
4: What's his wine called? I'll look it up. So. I'm buying that for someone. I need to find that. I'm looking that up right now. Blenheim, Blenheim, yeah, yeah, that's not bottled in. Okay, bl- it's and a, beautiful. Okay. His,
2: his vineyards are is in Charlottesville, which is you know in Virginia.
4: I found an I found an article about Dave Matthews Wine, but uh, like that's not the most amazing part. Past groups that have lent their names to wines include the Rolling Stones, Iron Maiden, Kiss, Motorhead, White Snake, Warrant, and ACDC. I have White Snake wine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kiss wine is is the most intriguing. Yeah.
4: White snake me. White snake wine has to be like fortified wine.
2: <laughs> Warrant is wine. is kiss wine just like Mad <laughs> Dog. Warrant,
4: Warrant wine is Merlot combined with Red Bull.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's a um, malt wine. It's a malt.
4: And Motorhead wine is wine poured through the filters of a thousand used cigarettes. <laughs> Uh, and then and and it's then, sold
1: in a box at
4: <laughs> And you would just have a straw.
2: <laughs> yeah, like a massive juice box. <laughs> no, my wine, there's a 100% chance my wine would come in Capri Sun bags. <laughs> I'd be t- my, my winery would be real outside the box. No, literally. literally. That, no, that's the slogan. Outside the box. Outside the box. <laughs> wine that's just a little outside the box—that's a slogan, because it's not even a bottle. It's not in a box. It's in Capri Sun.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Very
2: hard to get lock. the straw in without
1: spilling it
3: There's everywhere. A <laughs> so so manufactured.
1: The only way that you can drink Jesse your wine <laughs> is is through the little tiny tiny straws of Capri Sun pack. Yeah, that are impossible. Exactly. To get
2: here. You really get the full nose of the wine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are there any other suggestions for something I should do with John Acuff next week?
2: Oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Nate says, since my, quote unquote, entertaining Christian celebrities envelope needs to go a long way this month, we'd be rolling on the cheap. I I believe that's a reference to his employment from Dave Ramsey. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Um, So he said that he would start by testing uh, uh, John Acuff with a two-hour session of the God's Bod's Workout. (laughs) which I have no idea what that is, but it does sound very fun. It sounds like some sort of strange. It's uh, like a Christian
4: P90X. Make sure sure you have safe search on. (laughs) 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 Anybody else? I'm still, I'm not feeling either of these. I don't want to do body wine. I don't want to do a workout. Kyle says uh, first uh, you could invite him over to your house for some rice and beans. Uh, Then you could take him to a financial peace university class at church. And then during the drive, you could uh, play recordings of the Dave Ramsey show and say things like, I bet you can't get enough of this stuff. And can I see your money envelope? <laughs> he, then, he carries a money envelope. i told you this. And then you, 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 and then, uh, you could cap when the I, first evening First time off. I met him, I was like, I want to see your envelope. And he pulled it out. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little personal. Yeah. And then you could cap the evening off by cutting up some credit cards and yelling, we're debt free. <laughs>
2: Will you please cut one credit card while you're with him?
4: I have one. My Amex is actually about to
1: break in half on its own because I sat on it weird. So I could just finish it. Yeah, and then order. Or have him finish it. (laughs) I wonder what he would do if I pulled out like a
4: a Chase Visa high interest
1: rate card to pay for dinner.
4: You should try to pull out like four cards and be like, I need to I need to spread it over. Uh, sir the bill's 21 dollars yeah, yeah i know i know I, I just sorry. don't have much room yeah. Listen,
2: yeah we're at the end of the month here i'm real close to living on all of these so just figure it out and then as soon as he steps as soon as he steps you you, you you know just step away for a minute i'll figure it out and just come right back and then you just look at john acuff and go hurry let's get out of here
1: <laughs> none of those are gonna work uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sucker those are all gift cards to cheesecake sucker, i'm tight. over the limit on all of them. <laughs> Actually, uh, after, after he and I talked and we were talking about doing indoor skydiving and other things, I looked. There's a Magic game that night. Uh, He's a big uh, basketball fan. That's you're gonna so do. I think we're just going to go to a basketball game. Who are they playing that night? Here's the deal. They're playing the Nets. March 16th is the day after yeah. the NBA trade deadline. Oh, it might you, you be, you might
3: be in a really, bad. it
1: game. might you, be Dwight Howard's first game in Orlando as a member of the Nets. So you, you might be in a Just, really bad, mood I might be in a dark night. place. Yeah. I know. yeah.
3: Trade deadlines on your birthday.
1: And if it's, and if, and if here's the other thing, yeah, NBA uh, trade deadline is on my birthday. This is not a good day.
4: Then, uh, his, then his next book will be called "Stuff Christians Yell." <laughs> well, here's the other side and of the it. If, if Dwight is. isn't, if
1: Dwight's not traded to the Nets, <clears throat> I'm gonna be screaming at the Nets all night. Like, yeah. f yeah. you suckers! I mean, I'm not gonna, yeah. you know. <laughs> Are
2: are you going to say it in that strange way? (laughs) F you suckers. (laughs) You sounded like the old man from Family Guy. (laughs) What's that muscly on paper boy? (laughs) You never got Dwight Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck getting him in free agency. (laughs) (laughs) And John Acuff is just staring at you like. I have to leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, either way, it's going to be a really rough night, a really tense night for me. Yeah. Not, not something you normally want to do on a first date, but oh well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> All right, so that's it for uh, last week's feedback. Here's this week's.
3: Editorial
1: question of the week. Say. Okay, so you know, earlier we were talking about the uh, 400-pound elephant in the room. Well, actually, not in not the, room the room anymore. Not yeah. it, was, it was chained to the room uh, porch. But uh, and, got, and
2: that family, they don't even use that that phrase. They say, "I don't mean to bring up the four hundred pound elephant chain to the porch." <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, all of Tennessee says it like that.
1: <laughs> it's, it was Texas, but anyway. Um, so <laughs> um, We want to know. We assume that they purchased this item at a flea market. It's getting to be warmer. Spring is out. People are going to be venturing out on the weekends, probably, to flea markets. And it got us thinking, we want to know what is the weirdest thing you've ever purchased at a flea market or garage sale, if you haven't been to a flea market.
2: Flea markets are amazing places because they can sell anything legally just because they rename it. Like one time (laughs) I saw an entire case full of brass knuckles being sold. And they were being sold as paperweights. (laughs) So they were legal. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so they're perfectly legal.
4: At the the flea market I went to in Tennessee, there was one booth that was, uh, it was made your own cigarettes. And you started with a pre-rolled paper and filter and it like shot the tobacco in. And there were several children around the booth smoking. No. no, yeah. Oh, yeah That's totally. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's
2: like you, you, it's like going out in the international yeah. <laughs>
4: like,
2: the no, <laughs> Police do not go in there. It's outside. No, it's outside of this jurisdiction. Yeah. It's like remember the remember the neighborhood on the first Batman, the Narrows. Yeah. Like, that was really shady. Going into a flea market is like entering the narrows. It's yeah. like, like an that.
1: Indian it's, reservation. Yeah. It's 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 autonomous land.
4: Uh there was, was another there was another kid who couldn't have been more than 10 playing a slot machine in the corner. Stop it. <laughs> like I'm not making any of this. Up. Most
1: flea markets are, like, post-apocalyptic societies. <laughs> yeah, that's totally true. All right, so go over to uh, relevantmagazine.com. Uh, click on the podcast episode page right there and, in the comments. Tell us the weirdest thing you've ever bought or seen at a flea market uh, or a garage sale, if you haven't been to a flea market.
2: Oh. And can we assess the value, sort of like our, our own antiques roadshow? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if you want to post a picture. We can actually, that'd be great if you could post pictures. That'd be great,
2: it'd be like our own pawn stars sort of thing, you know. Yep, yeah. I like it. Except we're not going to actually buy it from you.
1: <laughs> if you want to check out the new issue of Relevant, uh, there's many ways you can do that. Uh, head over to our website and click on current issue, and they, you can watch a video tour, brief video overview, and see highlights of the issue there. Uh, it's at New Stands Nationwide, um, most Barnes and & Nobles, and a lot of others. Oh, by the way, uh, I saw that we, uh, we've been picked up at Powell's in Portland. Oh, nice. The um, iconic indie store there. Uh, somebody sent me a picture. They put us on a big display. Hmm. Now that's kind of cool. Uh, so check out your local bookstore or, or chains. If you have an iPad, you can download the new issue in the iTunes app store um, right there. You'll um, I think you'll like a lot of the interactive features and the way that we kind of reimagine the magazine for that format. Um, and if you really want to support us, uh, you could subscribe 1495. You get four free albums, you get six issues of relevant, you get the iPad edition and you also get reject apathy all included for 1495. You can get that deal at dot slash subscribe on that note. We'll wrap it up. Thanks to Adam for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Um, hopefully we can get him back to do it again soon. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang I'm Ryan Hamm I'm Jesse Carey That's Chad Michael Snavely We'll see you next week
0: Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast For more, go to relevantmagazine.com.
2: I'm in favor of a country where you can chain a 400-pound bronze elephant to your driveway, and the only time it's in the news is when it's stolen.